So now we're getting information that this sickness is now the third leading cause of death in the United States, and it is surely climbing and, of course, create worse of an economic impact. Continuing the conversation from the previous video, we, of course, have Tim Prechette, the Liberty Advisor, going off the latest, most important details happening right now. And, of course, there's a lot of them as stocks are facing the worst outlook since 2008 and many people saying that this next economic tsunami might be even worse than 2008 but so far stock stocks have been opening up flat after huge unemployment numbers again still unemployment numbers that we talked about in the last video that are going to be a lot higher and probably are a lot higher now but again with half of the world on lockdown the projections are bleak to say the least U.S. auto sales have plunged to its lowest in a decade, and many people are saying the worst is still to come. But oil, surprisingly, is doing better after the latest announcements and major geopolitical moves by Donald Trump, which, of course, involve the big energy war that's happening between Russia and Saudi Arabia right now. Tim, what's your take on oil stocks soaring right now after Trump's latest announcements with this larger geopolitical picture in front of us. Thanks, Luke. And so one of the big issues with oil stocks isn't even necessarily so much to do with oil stocks as much as it's to do with the oil bonds. And so if you take a look at what, and even the bond market is a much, much bigger market than the stock market. And so the bond is, is uh, you lend money to a company and then that company then uses that money to then grow itself. Now, the problem is that that is a gigantic house of cards, and these companies are all highly over-leveraged. Now, when you take a look at the uh, junk bond market, and particularly take a look at the absolute worst of the junk bond market, which would be the triple uh, C-rated bonds. And so we have an article from the Financial Times of London from uh, just a week or two ago. Energy companies account for the bulk of debt in the broader high-yield bond market, which is a euphemism for a junk bond market, and compromise 13% of bonds rated triple C the very bottom tier. So a lot of this has to do with the fact that if these, you know, with the low oil companies, or low, not low oil companies, with the low oil prices, a lot of these uh, companies can't make any money right now. And actually every, uh, every drop of oil they produce, they're actually losing money on that. So there's no way they can, you know, you know, have, uh, I'm going to say print more of it because I'm looking at all the feds are printing money. So as they drill for more oil, they're losing more and more money. And so it's this whole, you know, carousel that keeps going round and round. Now, a lot of this uh, tension really kicked off uh, around September 17th, right around the same time that uh, that the financial markets kicked off, which is that's when the whole repo apocalypse happened at the exact same time. But that had to do with uh, at the time there was this uh, you know supposed Iranian drone strike, and then it went uh, and then that sent the price of oil higher. And lo and behold, that was the exact same time that Aramco, which was a Saudi Arabian oil company, that they were going to have their initial public offering. So then they got to make uh, a ton of money on the way up. And then now that they you know, have already made a bunch of money, they decided that, hey, now would be a very good time to uh, you know, have this energy war. And then the energy war would result in certain layoffs and consolidations where then the people who have money can then come in to buy up the companies that have already... Uh, that have already gone out of business. But in this case, it sounds like there is a little bit of a truce that is going on. And to me, it's not so much the stocks, it's the bonds and the, and the stocks are going up because now there's a greater likelihood that the bonds will, will be paid. And I guess it, you know, it is a little bit of you know, a complicated subject because everyone's, nope, I mean, the bond market isn't sexy. Nobody's talking about the bond market, really. I, uh, I still don't know what it is. 
<laughs> sorry, just cutting you off really quickly here. There was even just talks just a few days ago about a potential uh, energy company bailout. As of course, just three days ago, a barrel of oil was cheaper than a pint of beer in Canada. Now, of course, beer is heavily taxed in Canada, but that's a whole another kind of criminal enterprise to unfold here. But again, Donald Trump did tweet uh, as of just a couple moments ago, saying officially, quote, just spoke to my friend, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, who spoke with President Putin of Russia, and I expect and hope that they will be cutting back approximately 10 million barrels and maybe substantially much uh, more. If it happens, we'll be great for the oil and gas industry. Yes, it will be great for the oil and gas industry, a gas, uh, you know, an energy industry that's subsidized and has a lot of government intervention. But at the same time, also, it's going to increase the price of energy uh, to the average consumer as well. Now, of course, we've been getting away with very, very cheap oil prices because of this kind of larger energy war between the geopolitical foes, with, of course, the United States being uh, hand and, and uh, lockstep and barrel with Saudi Arabia and their petrodollar. Russia and all the other countries, of course, going against the petrodollar with China, of course, with Iran, of course. Um, and, and this is this is very interesting to unfold because we haven't officially gotten confirmation from Saudi Arabia and Russia that this is happening. But Donald Trump is saying that it is. So we're going to see how this unfolds. But this this definitely does provide some perplexing uh, kind of understanding of what's happening here, to say the least. Yeah, no. And uh, one, one very important point that I want to make about that is, you know, especially if we go back to the screen over here with Donald Trump and he says he spoke with his friend, uh, you know, MBS, the crown prince, you know, we can get into all that of how, you know, uh, you know, all the stuff that that guy's behind. And however, you know, when he says this will be great for the oil and gas industry, I mean, this is who, you know, really, when we say make America great again, what do you mean by America and what do you mean by great? I mean, so just take a look at uh, you know, we actually, Josh Seeger said did a video right at the market peak where we had stated that 67% of all the S&P 500's earnings at the time had to do with MAGA companies. So that was Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon. And here it seems like the MAGA, uh, you know, industries over here would be that, you know, the military industrial complex is probably going to benefit from all this. The banks are going to benefit from all this. Big Pharma is going to benefit from all this. I'm sure they want everyone to get, you know, vaccines. You got Bill Gates, you know, talking about, hey, let's go get your little tattoos and then the tattoos will then let you know if you can you know can even go and travel and so this is you know we're heading to 1984 real quickly and to see donald trump taking victory laps over you know now we're going to help save the oil and gas industry we'll save it from whom i mean it's not like it would go away it's not like if we didn't uh so now the you know millions of americans who are out of jobs americans who are struggling now uh just to make ends meet that we're supposed to help them out by making sure that the price of oil and the price of gas and the price of their energy costs more. I mean, it just seems like a ridiculous notion of why you know the average person should be taking you know some you know huge victory lap on the fact that everything they buy is now going to cost so much more money. And this is all being used, in my opinion, to you know you know fast walk us into some you know 1984 scenario that's just on you know just you know 30 years delayed over here. But it's just. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's always been you know the bond market is the bigger is the bigger issue here. Uh, you know, we've got the auto sales have been plunging to uh, lowest sales in the decade, but they think that the worst is is yet to even come. Uh, you know, with the oil, but who knows that this is just and it know, is and it is and Tim, sorry to cut you off. The the worst is still to come. Uh, many people again had very high optimistic. Uh, you know, viewpoints that somehow everything would go back to normal on Easter, and and again, 
I was calling it here like, no, like you have no idea the, the reckoning that you're dealing with right now. And another bigger point to understand here is that even if this sickness didn't happen, even if the sickness wasn't here, like it, it, it wouldn't just be what would lead to the crash. It would have been something else that would have led to this crash because it was an economic reckoning waiting to happen based on so much irresponsible behavior that, again, we can't just always just look at the virus as an excuse here because all these things are bringing all the underlying issues to the surface that finally we're like, holy crap, we're standing in a bunch of crap. Why are we standing in a bunch of crap? Not because of this new sickness going around, but this crap was laid forward by a lot of the individuals that people trusted the most to ensure our market. And, and again, uh, what's happening in the market is just absolutely insane. Would you say you disagree or agree with that kind of latest statement? Uh, I'd say completely agree. Uh, you know, 110%. I mean, just, I mean, you're, you know, Humpty Dumpty is broke. They're not putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. We're taking a look at uh, John Snyson's website here, taking a look at the Federal Reserve balance sheet. That is a complete straight vertical hockey stick. How there is no way we're ever coming back from that, and there's no way the Fed's balance sheet's ever getting back to zero like they tried to pretend over here. And the the pace at which things are moving is insane. We talked about this in the last video, but the Fed has eased capital requirements for the big banks. Uh, and and one other uh, you know important thing I want to mention over here is you know do we even still have a market? Can you even consider this a market when the Fed is going in and distorting everything? And I don't have I thought I had the article pulled up, but there was an article from Zero Hedge today. Where it, it even where it mentioned, you know, from Rabobank, you know, the most important question investors should be asking themselves is, uh, is there even still a market? And so a market has price discovery where there's buyers and sellers. And so, you know, where that meets, you know, there's eventually an equilibrium. And so, you know, we overshot big time on the upside in terms of where the Dow and S&P should have been. But then when you take a look at how low things should go, they should go a lot lower. I mean, it, and then it, look at who things are benefit. Okay, they're trying to do things to keep the housing market afloat. But who's that keeping it afloat for? I mean, imagine if you're uh, 27 years old, you're a millennial, you're trying to get your first job, and now you can't afford a house because they wanted to make sure all the baby boomers that they're going to be taken care of. But yet the average person out there, uh, you know, especially millennial, they're, they're going to have a very hard time purchasing a home. So if you just actually... Um, maybe so what happens needs to happen is the rates need to go up. The, then those rates going up would then pop a lot of these bubbles. You see all the bad actors then go out of business, and we need to have that shakeup. In 1907, there was a panic in 1907. It was way worse from a stock market uh, crash perspective than even the Great Depression. But guess what? You never heard about it because they let the market correct itself, and then they didn't intervene into everything. And that was one of the reasons why we even have the Federal Reserve is because at the time, J.P. Morgan had to go personally backstop the entire system. And he was like, well, this sucks. You know, why do I want to go take, uh, you know, my own personal funds and have to go, you know, uh, basically have to, you know, ensure losses. It'd be much better if we had a Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve could come in and, you know, take all the, take, you know, we'd be able to, we'd own it too. So, I mean, that helps. And then we'd be able to get, you know, all the gains on the way up. And if there's losses, oh, well, we'll just put that on the treasury. We see this yesterday. Or a couple of days ago, there was an article that's been shared, you know, pretty uh, frequently, especially you know amongst our circles, about how the Fed has been nationalized uh, by the Treasury. And really, I mean, I'm not going to belabor this. You guys can watch the video from yesterday. I, I believe that that was on the main We Are Change channel. And what we went over in that video is how, uh, you know, essentially the Treasury is in a first loss position. Is the quote meaning? 
that if the banks make money from what they're doing right now, that uh, they get to keep it. But if there's but if there's uh, losses to be had, then we the people are the ones who end up getting stuck with that. Uh, I guess that probably comes as about no surprise to anybody. Now, who's also going to be making money throughout all this? I and mean, we already uh, you know talked about how you know big pharma and the vaccines and the banks and the military uh, and the energy companies now and how I mean basically every everybody you know they're they're trying to make out. Uh, make out better than this, but we have banks warn of chaotic launch of small business lending program, and this is something that should take like years for them to implement. This is you know a huge undertaking, but what's going to happen is they're just going to have to send you know basically everybody who applies a whole bunch of money, and there's probably going to be a bunch of fraud in this. And so we do see up on screen right now, uh, 350 billion dollars in loans to U.S. small businesses uh, are, are are part of this two trillion dollar fiscal stimulus, and what they're calling the pay tech pay check protection program uh sort of reminds you like the plunge protection team and we've also seen uh over here on screen u.s consumer comfort suffers biggest two weeks crash ever you know maga 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 and then uh yeah we're getting back into the the dow going up because of saudi and russia are having a temporary truce but you know it's it's really only a temporary truce because things are going so bad that uh and there's really no demand that, that at a certain point, uh, you know, they could probably cut the oil down and, and still be at a level that is, is still going to be a very low uh, uh, oil price. Now, the last thing I want to mention about oil is I did see another program that was floated uh, by the president where he had talked about what if there was a $50 import on all imported oil, and which would then essentially set a floor on $50 being uh, the minimum price for oil. But then again, he also said he wanted to help out U.S. auto manufacturers. Uh, well, are you helping out U.S. auto manufacturers by making sure it makes it more expensive for people to drive again? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's when uh, when America was great again, Luke, is when it costs more money for people to drive. So. Well, well, even if they even if like they cut the production, the use of it is still going to be insignificant. And you have Supply to kind of ask yourself this question: Will that even work? Will cutting production even help with the price? Since you look at the streets, I mean, they're absolutely uh, abandoned. Like you look at major cities, there's barely any cars running, uh, especially not to the level that there was before. Other than people just you know going to the store or, or taking a break or just going for a little joyride there, because that seems like the only fun that they could have. And the UK government, by the way, they're punishing you for even doing that, uh, being isolated in your own car. Yeah, the UK government has gone absolutely Orwellian, uh, like it hasn't before. But uh, it's just absolutely insane there. But again, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. And to have the government pounding its chest, helping out the biggest industries. Meanwhile, there's all this pain and suffering still going on with the average person, the person in the lower class, the, the evaporating middle class. I mean, just, just helping out the, the upper class. I mean, come on. Um, and, and definitely not something that should be cheerleaded in this kind of phony Ponzi scheme economic system that we're all under. That, as we talked about yesterday, privatizes profits and gains, but socializes losses for the 0.1%. Not even the 1%. 0.1%, if that, uh, of the individuals that are benefiting from this entire crisis, getting all the help, getting I'll all the assistance that they can. Meanwhile, you don't get a bailout. Your retirement doesn't get a bailout. You just get screwed over. Tim, anything else you want to say before we go? No, I think you did a good job, but I would, I would just stress it's probably more akin to the 0.001%, not even the upper class. We're talking about the parasitic upper, upper, upper class. It's above all those people that you think of as upper class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe 0.01, even, even lower than that. Who knows? But all we know 
is that uh, the government definitely doesn't have your priorities straight to say the least. That's our take on it. If you think we're wrong, let us know why in the comment section below. We always appreciate proper feedback and criticism because we essentially work for you. Thank you guys again so much for watching. Stay tuned for more here on Change the News.